Welcome to No Clip, the podcast that's like a book club for people who don't think that books reward them enough for being good at them. I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And today, we're going to be talking about The Medium, which is a game that was developed by Bloober Team, was released in 2021 on Windows, Xbox Series X and S, and the PlayStation 5. Uh, But first, if you give us a like or a rating, it would be greatly appreciated. The Medium is a survival horror game, uh, like a horror adventure type game, Uh, though if you look at Bloober Team's previous releases, uh, things such as Layers of Fear, the Blair Witch game, Observer, actually Scratch Observer. If you look at Observer, you can see a more clear through line to this one, Mm -hmm. but they obviously wanted to make something that was more of a traditional gamey game with this yeah on there on the wikipedia it says this is a psychological horror game Mm -hmm. uh i personally kind of think of it as a survival horror game but we can get into the hair splittiness of genre talk yeah uh, in a minute but um we've been primed on hair splitty (laughs) genre talk recently we sure were talking about it the other day (laughs) um but yeah so it kind of operates like older um survival horror games like resident evil or uh silent hill where it's got the uh fixed camera angles and um it's about like kind of exploring an environment etc etc yeah um and also up front uh because the game does a pretty fucking bad job of doing it (laughs) uh i'm gonna throw in a content warning here because it's gonna play in a lot to Mm. the narrative discussion when we get to that most likely in the second half Uh, i won't put up a time cad uh, <laughs> we never do. Uh, but content warning for child abuse, sexual abuse, uh, those are the big ones, mm-hmm. I think, anyway. And uh, to cover all of our bases, even though I don't think that we're going to spend a ton of time on these particular subjects, uh, the game does also include a discussion of suicide, World War II, and the Holocaust, and rape. Uh, the game doesn't linger on those as much. No. Blink and you'll miss it. Or, you know, blink with your ears. (laughs) Whatever that is called. (laughs) Stop paying close attention for a second and you might miss it. Yeah, but it might come up at least like, I know I'm going to talk about the setting a little bit, which uh, may or may not sort of lead into that kind of a thing. Mm. Uh, Just being responsible. Yeah. Uh, The mechanics of the game, though, are kind of what I want to sort of begin on i think because yeah more interesting anyway i guess to jump in on is the question i wanted to pose to you is uh do you like that does that kind of like survival horror style setup of uh game structure is it dated (laughs) or was it kind of not executed the best in this game is a question i'm going to pose to you sure um we're definitely going to be getting into the the hair splitting parts a little bit early <laughs> because I feel like the thing that this game lacks pretty severely um, when it comes to survival horror is resource management. Uh, it has one resource and you don't really manage it. You just do the you things just, in you the just order. get it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so it doesn't, to me, feel as much... It doesn't feel like a dated survival horror game. It is a horror game where you need to survive, and you have uh, regenerating health and uh, 
that one resource that I talked about. So it, it it's missing a lot of the stuff that's sort of like is the glue that keeps the survival part onto the horror part mm-hmm. uh, and feels more in line with the traditional horror game. I don't, it, nothing in this game necessarily mechanically feels dated to me. Mm. Yeah, like, because I wasn't even like trying to get more at like the survival horror specific elements so much as like the really zoomed out, like controlling a character with the pre established camera angles is like. When I was playing it, I just kind of felt like it felt kind of like an old, like, I don't know, because like when we played Silent Hill 2, I did not think about this for one second. I just kind right. of accepted it's an older game. But while playing this, like something new that's in that like very general style, it just felt like it maybe was lampshaded or highlighted because it doesn't really bring much new to the table. Mm-hmm. So like I kind of focused on that. It was like maybe people don't make games like this anymore because it feels a little played out. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to explore that, I guess. I think that the word that the kids would use to describe what this is, um, let me check my, let me check with my, uh, with my younger friends here. Yeah. Uh (laughs) They've told me I've, I phoned them with my rotary phone and they've told me that, they would refer to it as a throwback. Mm. Uh, I think that that is like specifically the camera angle thing. Like, yeah, just like the yeah, the controlling a character in that way just felt kind of dated to me while playing. Yeah, I and I can see that, and I don't want to say that I didn't notice it, but I did sort of love it. Yeah, yeah, I like it too. I just was thinking about that. Mm-hmm. It is definitely an older thing, and not something that most developers would do. Like, you won't see a AAA game with a fixed camera in this style of, of game, probably, I don't want to say ever again, but it's extremely unlikely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a good thing to call out, I think. Did it make navigating areas of the game harder for you? No. Um, and I, I don't know how much of it has to do with that like old games literacy that we've been talking about lately. Um, but it, it definitely had like some jankiness where um, I, I appreciated once again... Um, that it didn't have tank controls. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, proving that those were unnecessary. Um, but well, we've got two analog sticks now. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but you don't use one of them. You don't control the camera in this. That's true. I don't remember uh, if there's any use for the right stick. Yeah, but um, I'm sure it does something. But yeah, no, it didn't cause any speed bumps for me. There was some kind of like that awkward, like kind of like walking into a corner, like you're trying to like because in this sort of game, you're always looking for like items to inspect so you end up kind of like awkwardly going around the perimeter of a room uh which would be smoother i think in just like a regular third person camera sort of situation sure i mean you do have to deal with like the camera bumping against the wall kind of a thing if you're like really around the outside but i see where you're coming from and agree yeah but mostly it wasn't an issue for an old person like myself (laughs) uh stairs stairs Mm. would be my one thing i feel like there were a lot of instances of places and stairs is not actually fair stairs in the first area and then further on like other general geography like the staircase that was like locked and you had to use like the bolt cutters to get into yeah and also the staircase that's like broken which i think is the same staircase but on a different floor yeah (laughs) maybe uh those, like, there were many times when there would be, like, some kind of impediment to your movement that you just couldn't see because of where the camera was placed. So you would end up walking and then your character would just sort of 
stroll in place for a while and you're like, oh, okay, I'm doing something wrong here. Uh, which is like, I don't want to say it's unavoidable, but it might be really inconvenient to try and avoid it. So I don't necessarily hold that against it. Yeah, no, me neither. It's just it's just something I thought about. Like, to, like, to people like us who may have like played games like this when they were like, what was uh like new and popular it's not gonna stand out but like i had to wonder if like a teenager played this now uh would they have friction with it yeah i imagine they would and probably for a number of reasons but i think what we should talk about in that vein what the teens would be upset about (laughs) Uh in this game is uh, nor- a lot of the time, like, when I say something, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, where I was like, I think the mechanics are a little bit more interesting to talk about right now. It is... It, I normally would then go in to explain why the mechanics are cool, mm-hmm. but we kind of already have described the majority of the mechanics in the game. You don't do... Your character doesn't have, like, a lot of verbs. There aren't a lot of things you can do. Mm-hmm. And the key thing comes in that uh, the split zones where you are controlling two different versions of the same character in two different like sides of the ethereal plane. Yeah, and it's it's like controlling one character in two different planes of reality. You don't have to, like, do different things with each of them at the same time. Right. Yeah, they just end up sort of, like, mapping the controls in a way that makes sense also yeah, for any like the, actions the you action take. The action button is different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can focus on one reality or the other in some places. Yeah. And I thought that this was very cool and ends up being more of a quirk of level design than anything else because they are effectively the same maps but they contain different things in them that can only be interacted with by one side or the other on occasion. Uh, And so most of the navigation and puzzle solving in this game is centered around this idea of the two worlds overlapping and how you can interact with it in different ways. Um, And, you know, Link to the Past exists. Like, it's not like having a light world, dark world is a new idea, but I think they execute it in a cool way and also are it's the most like taxing on the newer hardware part of the game because it's rendering two things happening simultaneously. Yeah, my laptop's a few years old and it ran the game fine, but when it did the split, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it was not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I also thought it was very cool, and there's some standout moments with it, like the part where you had to manipulate the clock to like different like time periods, and then to open up the the secret back lab or whatever it was is cool. Um, but it, it kind of felt like they left a lot on the table with the idea to me. Mm-hmm. Like they could have done a lot more with it. Like I thought it was really interesting at cutscenes, because um, like um, your ghost self would be interacting with uh, sadness or like a character yeah. uh, who was dead and <laughs> for people who haven't played the game sadness is a character yes <laughs> it's like she doesn't remember her name so she goes by sadness right um so she'll be, she'll be talking to her in the like the ghost dimension right but then you also still have your regular like your uh alive human self uh-huh. in the in the regular world 
uh, who's just also like moving around and interacting, but against nothing. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I, I felt like as far as like the puzzle solving goes, the, as I said, there were some standout moments, but it kind of felt like it never really built on the idea. And it was kind of like just doing the same kinds of puzzles, like maybe like four or so times. Yeah. It's like there are three genres of puzzle in the game uh, that use the the two different zones. Mm. And it's like you have the cool ones where uh, I forget what they're called. They have a name, like an in-lore game name. Yeah, I know there's the one where you completely split off your ghost self and you just control your ghost self. That's called an out-of-body experience. Right. I'm talking about... um, Though I would have also forgotten that. Yeah. (laughs) So I'll put that in the old (laughs) databanks. But there's a... The the clock. There's the clock, and right. there's the room that spins. They right, have a right, name right, right. in the game that they say. They're like, oh, this is a fucking portcullis or some uh, shit. I, I don't think that's it. I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but it, it's, like, got a name. A portcullis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but whatever it is, they that is the best one. Because yeah. it, it requires you to sort of, like, actively use both sides and figure stuff out. But then you have, like... The pick stuff up puzzles. Yeah, they felt a little bit like filler. Yeah. Um, like, y- you get the in the ghost dimension, like, a razor mm-hmm. early on to, like, cut through barriers. Because, like, that's one way that they gate and make puzzles is uh, one a path will be blocked in one reality. So you have to figure out how to unblock it so you can get both characters to the same spot. Right. Um, and... You know, like, they just never do anything with that. It's just like you run into another one. You're like, oh, got to cut the flesh in half. In a long, like, drawn out, yeah. holding down yeah, sequence. So you never get, like, another tool or, like, do anything different with the razor blade. It's just always just the same thing. It starts to feel a little bit, um, like, filler mm-hmm. it was in, like, in spots. You know? It was, like, two-thirds of the way through the game. I noticed there's a setting that just automatically does the razor and also the bolt cutters. And I was like, why is that? I was like, oh, because it does nothing. Because it's just a cutscene. It's a load screen. Like, why is it there? Yeah. Tip to any uh, aspiring game developers. If you feel like you need to put a setting like that in your game, (laughs) then you might want to rethink it. Yeah. Either come up with something interesting to do during that. Like, it would be cool if there were enemies... There's not in the game at all. There's one enemy. Uh, yeah, if you want to count the little plants that whip you. Oh, yes. <laughs> or the moths, uh, which I wouldn't. No, <laughs> those, those are, those are like traps. Like op- obstacles. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if there were like, if there was something that was like a time constraint where you would have to do the bolt cutters or that mm-hmm. and like maybe stop midway and perform an action. Even that would be enough to justify its inclusion. Sure. But currently there's nothing. Or, like, use it under pressure. Like, something's chasing you and you have to, like, click the (laughs) bolt cutters really fast. Like, ah! Ah! (laughs) There may have been one moment, or I thought there was one moment. There's one spot where you're getting chased by the Mothman, Uh uh, Demon Spirit, whatever he's called. Um, And you have to, like, pull something out to collapse uh some debris and then you have to go and you have to unlock a door and get through right uh so it kind of feels like you're under pressure there but i think once you block the path you're totally fine right 
that's the thing that came to my mind. That is most likely what I was thinking of and just never had any evidence that it wasn't the case. So, uh, yeah, those things are real stupid. And then even the third thing that they do with the, the dual purpose thing, uh, is there's this whole section where you're like jumping through mirrors Mm. and going between the two worlds. And I really wish they would have used the spirit world as something other than a navigational hazard sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It it has a cool enough visual design. Mm-hmm. It felt a little derivative of a few things, but I'm not going to hold that against it at all. Sure. Um, I wouldn't be able to name them, so. Yeah, like, it, it reminded me a little bit of, like, the Fade from Dragon Age, and um, a lot of the visual cues were, like, looked like fungus or mold. Like a Last of Us thing? Made me think a little bit of The Last of Us, but, like, there's just some other stuff in, like, Hell, in mm-hmm. Hellblade. It was, like, a weird, like, brown, ethereal, like, ghost thing. Um, but, um, what was I saying? I lost my train of thought thinking about cool visuals. Oh, um, like the ghost dimension, while it does look cool and, um, all that, it does feel like, yeah, it's only used for puzzles. Like they never really, you don't really spend a lot of time in it. Um, yeah, I feel like you want, you want, we want to, you want to see more of it. You want to explore that more or like it to be involved in the story a bit more than it is. Yeah. Anything to sort of like spice it up because i i think that this game has a lot of unique mechanical ideas oh i was just gonna say i just got this idea (laughs) of um if you've seen the horror film insidious Mm. uh there's a kid in that who like can unknowingly like astral project and he like meets a demon in the astral plane or whatever and it like uh possesses him so like like a part where your spirit medium self just gets separated from your body right and like you have like that anxiety about like you have to get back or like you know like something cool like that like we had to spend an extended period of time in the ghost plane and it feeling like tense and like i need to get back yeah could have been cool Mm -hmm. but anyway i interrupted you Because I was struck by inspiration. Yeah. To bring in, to make it even more derivative of something else? Yes. Uh, no, I mean, I, all I was saying is that is basically reiter- reiterating what you said a little bit ago, which is that it just doesn't build on its ideas. Yeah. It has, like, one idea, and then it just does it. And then I think they thought the game was too short, so they did it a couple more times. Mm-hmm. They're like, we don't need to build out ideas. Just use them again. Well, <laughs> I think I think the line of like the the uh, the timeline is like cool idea, implement it. We don't need to to build on the idea if we have a bunch of these ideas, mm. and then we need more content for the game. So let's mo- copy the ideas we had and paste them throughout. Because this game did feel like it drug on a bit, mm. uh, and in addition to just reusing stuff it it sort of loves to digress and make you just go through like there's only a few places in the game where you're actually controlling in both worlds yeah it it does come up surprisingly infrequently which i felt was like the selling point of the game like that was the cool part that i wanted to see yeah and they didn't really do much with it yeah i mean um to make a a weird callback um it might be a little bit of, and this is all speculation. It was then, and it is now. Um, where I speculated on um, this indie game, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, 
where it felt like the pitch, the elevator pitch for the game was it's like a concept album, but a video game. Mm. And it kind of felt like that idea ended up being too difficult to like really execute. Yeah. So they had to like kind of like make do with whatever they could do. And this feels a little bit like that as well, albeit for probably very different reasons. Um, it seems like it's, uh, I don't know if it's, like, the way it's programmed or whatever, but, like, yeah, like, my PC struggled to run the part where it was split, and it's probably a lot more graphically intensive, mm-hmm. and they probably ran out into issues with that and ha- and felt like they needed to do less of it than they maybe wanted to. Yeah, and, th- and that's probably true. Like, Bloober Team at this point is an experienced developer. Like, they've made a number of games, um, and some better than others, obviously, but, like, this is now on new hardware, and we don't know the size of the team offhand. I'm sure I might be able to look it up. I've heard people reference Blooper Team as a small team. Yes. So. <laughs> yeah, we do know that it is not large. Yeah, and they're pushing pretty nice visuals. And, like, you know, a AAA studio has, like, hundreds of employees. Yeah. So. There's definitely something going on there, like yeah. especially to to put out a game that is like looks this good and is on like a bunch of different platforms and it functions on all of them, and the game is like probably eight or nine hours long ish something like that uh and so so everything together, I feel like sort of adds up into a I'm getting a clearer picture that maybe some of the stuff didn't get built on because there were. They were the foundations that they were made on top of were not the most sturdy. Yeah, and that could could lead to some of these design issues. Yeah, or not the most feasible with their budget. Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, still though, looking at the end product, I just I wish that there was more done with the the interesting stuff. And on top of that, I kind of wish that the stuff that <laughs> was done had a little bit more substance to it yeah it it feels a lot of the puzzles and stuff feel very rote there are very few things that i had to stop and think about one thing i found myself feeling with this is it almost kind of feels like it's stuck in the middle um where i kind of feel like i wish it would have leaned less into having like combat or more into having combat Mm -hmm. Um, because it has those mechanics with like the shield and the blast the spirit blast (laughs) which feel like combat related abilities but you only really use them to charge fuse boxes and shield yourself from mobs like it it, it feels like maybe in once again speculation um, that the game was they intended there to be more Mm -hmm. uh, enemies like in a Resident Evil or a Silent Hill, and then kind of cut that stuff, but then kept those mechanics and used them for something else. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wish, I wish it would have, like, leaned more into the psychological elements if it wasn't going to have uh, combat. Right. I mean, I was... I feel like I would have liked this game a lot better if every mention and time that you deal with Thomas... Mm. mustache man Mm -hmm. turtleneck wearing mustache 70s guy yeah that one (laughs) the (laughs) you know (laughs) t-n-w-m-s-g um yeah i know the guy was removed from the game (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Like, uh, it, it emphasizes so much that there were other ideas for those mechanics. Because when you're playing as Marianne, mm-hmm. uh, you have the shield to get through areas that are impassable. Sure, puzzle mechanic makes sense. You have to charge up a meter and then use the meter to get through the mobs. And it's like a flavorful way of putting a key in the game. Sure. Instead of picking up a key that says key to door, the door is mods. The key is spirit power. Yes. Love it. Great. And the blast being used to charge up fuse boxes is also cool in like a ghost trick way where it's like, oh, the ghost can't do a lot in the real world, but it can do a little bit. And so that little bit is then you do the thing. Mm -hmm. And then when you're fighting the... (laughs) The guy, who I do want to talk about in the mechanic section at some point. Yeah. Uh, it gave me a tool tip that was like, oh, if you're caught, use, use the, the blast. And you get a second chance. I was like, I thought that was just for fuse See, box. <laughs> for, for me, that, that tool tip always felt useless mm. uh, or tone deaf or something. <laughs> like Because anytime I ever got killed by um, the Mothman guy or whatever would have killed me... Um, I just it was because I didn't have any mm. spirit energy like I couldn't have blasted if I wanted to because I would have definitely tried that right. um if I had the ability to do so so I was like I don't know it just seems weird. like in play testing I feel like that would have been a, a complaint I would have made I'm like the tooltips telling me to do a thing I can't do yeah because they they're really strict about when you can access those things. Yeah, it's pretty rare that you... Like, there aren't... There's, like, maybe, what, like, four of them in the game? Yeah, there's and because that, they're puzzle but... solutions. Yeah. Can, you can't just carry the puzzle solution from a, one puzzle to another yeah. one. Yeah, <laughs> I do like that it's represented as a part of your character. Yes. Like, your meter is, like, on your arm, mm. and you can tell how charged up it is. Like, UI being on the character, like, the dead space health bar, or, like, the... Spyro Dragonfly or whatever sure. uh, is always cool. I love it when games do that. Yeah. And I feel like everybody should love the Dead Space health bar. Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's a cool... cool. Or like the Journey scarf. Yeah. Any, any way of, of diegetically including UI elements yeah. is usually cool. Very cool. I mean, unless it's fucking hard to read, I guess. But, mm-hmm. you know, this one made sense. Uh, to an extent, actually, I feel like they should have explained it once, one time, because yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought about it. There was a part; it's like the first time that you have to navigate a moth hallway. I just like used the whole thing uh, with the shield, and then there was just another part with moths. I didn't think to run when you're holding oh, yeah. the shield up. It just seems like such a dramatic slow walk moment. Yeah, I didn't even try running, and then you have to like. If I can make a circuit of the hotel to go charge up again and then be like, oh, I bet I could yeah, run. That felt like an intentional moment of like tutorialization to me, like a okay. like a like a invisible tutorial that like most people won't think to run because you had to hold the trigger or the bumper to bring up the shield. And usually when you're doing that, you don't think to also hit one of the other bumpers or triggers on the other side. So mm. I imagine most people would just walk through, run out and have to go back and realize they can run to get all the way. Right. And now you know. Yeah. I, and it did teach me that, but I found it more of an alienating moment of irritation. Oh, yeah. No, it's definitely <laughs> not graceful. Mm-hmm. But I think that's why that's there. And I'd rather have that at the beginning. Uh, you know. Well, I'd rather have it 
kill you. Like, I'd rather mm. it be a long hallway that murders you if you don't run, and then just puts you back at the start of the hallway. Because the current implementation is, you go through, you realize you can't go back through again, because you're out of the shield juice. Mm. And you have to go down the stairs, and jump in the hole, and get the thing, and go back out in the hallway, and then do it again. And it takes, like, all in all, like, four minutes to do, and it kind of sucks. Uh... It probably takes, like, one minute. Yeah. Like, it's me yeah. to consider. I feel like I disagree, because I feel like when you die in a game like this, even if it's not to an enemy, it kind of takes the piss out of it. Like, I feel like is as much uninterrupted playtime as you can get in a horror game enhances it. So I'd rather not die and restart, uh, just for, like, the immersive quality of horror Sure. In that case, they probably should have also not made the... It should have been a shorter track back. Yeah, but they also shouldn't have made the one enemy a one-hit kill permanently. <laughs> sure, though, so, sure. Like, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that. The design uh, of the game sort of like fights against itself on, on a couple of levels there. Yeah. Because if you agree with me, I'm fine with being murdered by the guy. Mm. Uh, and yeah, would feels... rather be killed by the mods. Mm. I, I agree with the first part and disagree with the second part. Yeah, you would rather not be killed by the guy or the mods. Yeah, yeah. but I, I'm okay with dying to the guy because he's, like, the big threat. True. <laughs> do, you, do you want to talk about the guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good a time as any. Yeah. Um, my first thing, and then we can do whatever yeah. you want. I, I, I've been calling him Mothman. Mm-hmm. Um, he ha- once again has a name. Don't remember. Yeah, it. I don't remember it at all. He's the manifestation of childhood trauma released by a medium, more or less. Yeah, he's very tall and a bit lanky, and he's got wings mm-hmm. and like horns and stuff. Yeah, Mothman is a good description because like he cuts that silhouette. Yeah, well, like the one that you associate with Mothman. Um, but and also there's a lot of moths in the game already. It also, just, it just felt appropriate. But and he's not Mothman. No. Not, not <laughs> to confuse anybody. <laughs> so we're going to call him Mothman a whole bunch. But he's not Mothman. <laughs> just in case Mothman is listening. Yes. I Moth- don't want him to be offended. I forgot. In the content warning, I should have put, if you are Mothman, <laughs> you, you may be upset when we refer yeah. to this other demon. You can maybe sue you. for your likeness rights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh Whatever, the demon Mothman, the guy. The guy. Um I was I was like through the first part of the game, I was sort of like, alright, like I'm kind of figuring stuff out. I'm reading the notes, I'm getting an idea. And it got to a point where I was feeling like a little bland. Like I felt a little bored by what it was giving me. Mm-hmm. I was like sort of midway in between Enjoying myself with the mechanics and feeling like a lot of the narrative stuff felt like it was taken from other media and was a little bit, like, overdone. The second I walked into a mental hospital, I was like, fucking put me down right now. Um, But then I get to a part and a guy yells, "Uh, don't leave me here alone and naked. Let me try you on. And I was like, this took a dark, weird turn where this guy was wear me as a skin suit which is an unusual first impression (laughs) yeah and i liked that i was i was genuinely off put and that first chase sequence was just difficult enough to establish him as a threat 
in a way that I, I liked. I didn't like the blind left turn part of the chase. Yeah. But everything else I thought worked and like aesthetically and the sound design and everything worked together to make that sequence really memorable uh, and make him stand out as a villain. And it's a real big shame that he fails to stand out as a villain for most of the rest of the game. I I agree 100%. <laughs> yeah, that first chase is very cool and tense, and so are the subsequent ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, they use it just enough, I think. Um, yeah, and also, yeah, that blind left turn is kind of bullshit. <laughs> I died to that at least three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually kind of seems like the, the level of design is trying to get you not to go to the left. Um which is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> um, to put it lightly. But um but overall I still come away positive, so I don't know what that says. I gotta shout out though, the blind left turn slightly better than the uh slalom sections of Rascal. <laughs> okay. I won't disagree with that. Um there are a lot of blind turns in that. There sure and like there's like an infinite number of blind turns <laughs> and blind like basketballs that fly at your head. So this is there's two strikes this game didn't have. Um but yeah, I found him like comically easy to avoid in like all the stealth sections uh, in the subsequent parts of the game there's one part where they fuck with you and I was surprised that they never did this ever again but like I think it's like the first like sneaking sequence after the chase Mm -hmm. Uh, you're sneaking up and like there's like a head or like a mask or something on a ledge and it falls Mm -hmm. makes noise when you walk past it um, and I tried to avoid it and you can't, when you walk past it, it just trips a trigger and it falls. Uh-huh. Uh, so it's nothing you actually did, but that's besides the point. Uh, and he starts coming at you and, you know, and he killed me, you know, and uh, it, he's hard to avoid once he, you actually, he actually, uh, his attention's actually on you. Mm-hmm. And once again, it does kind of feel like the moth thing where like, they're like tutorializing how it works. Like here, we're going to have him kill you right here at the beginning. So, you know, like where the boundaries are and how it works. Right. Which is fine design but like it is it stands out it like because they don't do anything like that ever again and you just kind of like stand there and hit the button to hold your breath yeah and he just can't see you he's like the t-rex in Jurassic park yeah or to fucking make a another divergence to a callback to a different game oh uh detention detention has the exact same hold breath mechanic and by exact same i mean it's a button and the thing says hold breath yes and that's a side scrolling game yeah and it functionally does the same thing where it makes it so the enemy just cannot see or hear you despite the fact that you were sprinting right next to them like the hold breath just saves you um the thing that is cool about it in detention is that they chose to do this because it is a 2d game there's very little option to evade and then on top of that it has manual saves where you have to actually go to a shrine and save your game yeah and they timed it out so that at least until you get the hang of it um the first couple of times is really tense because they move really slow so if you start holding your breath too early uh you you're worried that you're gonna run out before it passes you. Yeah, and it's it is tense. But fortunately, Marianne is an Olympic diver. Yeah, you can hold your breath forever, and <laughs> if you're holding your breath, you can just. I never messed with it, but I imagine you can just like walk right next to him. Yeah, you sure can. Like my strategy is, and this is this comes back to the 
uh, holding the right trigger for the shield and the left trigger to run. To run yeah. In this game, you hold the left trigger to run and the whatever button to hold your breath. It's like maybe R1 or yeah. the right bumper or whatever. And then L1 to do the detective vision mode. Oh, yeah. You have also you also have detective vision because it's a video game. Yeah. So you detective vision, <laughs> which makes him visible. Yeah. And then you just run right the fuck in front of him. There it, were, he will not ever get you. There were some sections um, that were like outside or I'm not sure exactly what, but like you could, the like the rain... Or other like flickering lights or things made him visible, and I feel like that's just how that mechanic should have worked <laughs> instead of just being able to see him with the detective vision. Yep, the, that outdoor section was probably my favorite one of the well, stealth modes. But then you get to the top, and it's just like just ignore him because he can't get you anymore. So one thing I wanted to talk about with that is something I actually think this game did really well, and I know we've talked about this before. <laughs> Probably on the podcast, but like definitely off the podcast. Um, sections where you have to whoa precariously walk across the plank. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, those were actually made tense in this by having the fucking monster underneath of you while you do it. So it's like, oh, there's like a scary consequence right underneath of me making me think, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. Right. And then they do it again in the uh, in the Thomas section where you're going through the weird cube library. Oh, yeah, with, like, the file cabinets. Yeah. But they, that one's really cool because it's, like, set... Like, it, you walk across a thing that's set, like, at the Super height of a skyscraper up, yeah. and a giant monster walks by. It's, it's cool. I didn't understand how their version of this mechanic worked, at least on PS5. Yeah. Because I felt like I did not, none of my inputs ever did anything. Uh, I would just sometimes go... And, and I, then I would see, write yeah, myself. The first one I did, I was, like, super, like, wobbly mm-hmm. and felt like I almost fell off a couple times. And then every subsequent one, I just really lightly pushed the stick. And I think that's what you do to make yourself not wobble is just to push the stick really slight. So if you just did that naturally, then it, it was never a thing. Right. I guess that makes sense. Because what would happen is I would start to lean or whatever, and then I would try to correct with the analog stick, mm-hmm. and it didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And so I tried correcting with gyroscope, ah. and that also didn't seem to do anything. But then, like, I corrected myself while I was turning with the gyroscope, probably because I wasn't jamming the control stick in directions. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't mess with it that much, but I think that's what the difference was. That would make sense. I just never really grasped it and it didn't you didn't firmly grasp it i did it. not firmly grasp it and it didn't end up meaning anything in the end <laughs> yeah. but i agree with you though i think it is and that a lot of it pays to how good this game's visuals can be at times oh yeah 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 and that's that to me that's what made what sold this mm-hmm. also we did talk about this on the podcast yeah I, I assume we did i just can't remember it was on um hellblade mm, that did use the gyro it did yeah we found out. After. Yeah, I, 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 I knew. <laughs> I think you and JJ were oblivious to it. That sounds accurate, yeah. Yeah. Did we talk about the sections of the game where you control both characters separately? Where it's like, you are you, and then you jump in a mirror, and then you mm. go to the other part. No. Yeah, that's another wrinkle to how this works. Um, and... 
It's that... my least favorite wrinkle. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I don't like this version. I didn't mind it, personally. Like... I thought that the the out-of-body experience was yeah. a great idea, and I think that if they had done these sections in shorter chunks as out-of-body experiences where there's actually a timer on you, mm-hmm. I would have liked them a lot more, but it just felt like a real long level mm-hmm. that was not different than if it had just been one character or the other. Yeah, I guess. Um, I feel like they do use it to, like... So you actually have to use your brain a little, like, a couple of times, but not really that much. Like, mm-hmm. I, I won't argue that it was, like, really good, <laughs> but I don't think it stood out as being, like, worse than anything else to Fair. me. I mean, it's, it's definitely worse than when they use both simultaneously. Yeah. Because I, <laughs> I liked those parts. Yeah, I guess maybe it, it could just be subjective. Yeah. But to me, I feel like... That was the one where I was just like, why is this even, this feels, this feels more like padding Mm. than anything else. Yeah. But I don't know. Do we have final, no. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Are there other like mechanical things that you want to talk about before we break? Because I'm about there. There's some stuff I could maybe shoehorn into this half, but should probably just be saved for the second. Sure, that's fair. But yeah, we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the narrative stuff and um, the overlap between the two here in a second. Uh, mm, After the the break. Welcome back. Good to be back. <laughs> Good to have you back, Andy. Ah, thanks. Uh, I'm always here. <laughs> Sometimes I wonder, you know, like, what if <laughs> this is just me? Uh, so, it, on the second half here, I think we wanted to talk a little bit more about, like, the narrative and the tone and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, and one thing I was thinking about was, this game is like a very much like a survival horror length game. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I feel like it's a similar length to something like Silent Hill 2, but it feels like so much less happens in it. <laughs> um, so I feel like the story definitely has like some pacing issues. Yeah, I actually... That was part of uh, like what I noted about the game on the mechanical end as well, where it feels like most of this game is front-loaded. Like, the majority of what happens happens in the first 25% of the game. Yeah, and even, like, the little tutorial area, like, at the funeral home apartment, like, stands out weirdly in comparison to, like, other stuff in the game. Yeah. In my head, anyway. And also the amount of time that you spend functionally alone in the game. Well, you kind of always. There's only a few other characters, and none of them are alive. Like you mentioned in the the first half of the game, or in the first half of the podcast, even, Mm -hmm. uh, whenever you have both characters, both living and spirit world, Mm -hmm. uh, Marianne on screen, she's doing the same stuff on both sides. And it would have been interesting to have to navigate, even just as a cinematic, as like a fun thing to do to show on screen navigate 
interacting with both spirits and real people because you can't separate those two parts of yourself. So it would be a cool thing. Yeah, like you run into like a security guard mm-hmm. and in the spirit world you're talking to a ghost and you have to like hide it. Yeah. It, from both of them for some narrative reason. Comedy ensues. Yeah. Uh, it's like a classic move. It's a classic scene. And they just don't do anything like that. It's it's always, it's represented as if to give you the idea that it matters, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of a theme. uh there are a lot of things represented in the game that just don't ever mean anything why is this game set in poland no one knows it it doesn't seem to have a purpose uh and other than i guess proximity to world war ii yeah the holocaust angle yeah you throw a dartboard at fucking europe (laughs) and you're gonna end up in a place that was affected pretty strongly by world war ii uh, it does Maybe it, that's what uh, they did. That, that could be. <laughs> they were just like, "Yep, all right, that works." Also, the developer might be Polish. I, I actually I don't, don't know. know. They're not American. I do know that. Yeah, so they yeah, they might be Polish. Who knows? Not us, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, as uh, did you have like a specific example of like something that you felt like like a block of time in the game that you felt like just didn't have stuff happening in it um i feel like i can't pinpoint well okay never mind um i feel like the part with thomas going through like the hedge maze area yeah um while there were like some narrative revelations there um gameplay wise it felt really like repetitive and like nothing Mm mm-hmm um, and like, th- there's like a part, I don't know. Like, it, I feel like there, it's just always a mixed bag. Yeah. Um, and there isn't like one part that especially sticks out. as like just being a dead zone to me. That's fair. Maybe like walking to the facility at the beginning. <laughs> that's kind of like a five minutes of nothing. Yeah. I mean, there are a number of segments like that. There's like. Going to the uh, in through the woods, and you like find the dog, and he leads you to a tent. Yeah, and the tent's got a dead guy in it. None of that up until the dead guy mean anything. Like it's it's a lot of you just walk around. It's just traversal, and it's a lot of stuff that gets skipped at other points in the game that just doesn't here. Whenever you're dealing with with like the Thomas angle, it, it's always representative of a passing of time, mm-hmm. uh, except there. Yeah, and well, I, I realized that the right answer to this was actually the part towards the end where you had to move the water around. <laughs> Um, uh, because it's just like a very like old game kind of puzzle. Yeah, and, it feels kind of Resident Evilly. Yeah, and like the Mothman, uh, guy, you can like hear him, mm-hmm. but he never can interfere with you. I wasn't sure if he never could or if it was just really bad luck that he just never showed up. It didn't happen for me either. Like I kept flipping the electricity and the water back on, yeah. so he couldn't follow me, but. I really don't think he can. <laughs> yeah, there's just sort of nothing that happens Yeah, there. especially if you didn't encounter him either. I feel like he just can't show up. As a side note, uh, where most more professional podcasts would have just edited this in, 
mm-hmm. in post. I don't want to do it. Uh, I did look it up. Bloober Team is Polish, so it being ah. set in Poland, a okay. Don't have any complaints <laughs> about that. Glad we could clear that up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that that part felt like padding. Like mm-hmm. a, a lot of this, I feel like you could argue starts to border on it. Um, but is making use of like kind of like the core mechanics, but that part is just n- not leaning into anything that the game does. Yeah, and it feels like the defense of it is like, well, that's like the one real like video game puzzle that's in the game, but it's not a puzzle though, because you just go to a location and do a thing. There's a part where you have to like just get flipping levers. Yeah, you have to like get a crank at one point. But it's not hidden, it's just, like, over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just go get it and come back and are unmolested by anything the whole time. Uh, it's weird, and I don't know... It didn't add much. I didn't love it. There's one... There's there's a good puzzle later in the game. They're capable of making good puzzles, and sometimes there are some that are neat midway through. I like the phone call bit. Where you have to get the woman's name so that you can mm. send her like Yuna, uh, but it is uh, that whole water segment's bad, and I don't like it. Yeah. Um, I guess another thing we could talk about is um, this game really isn't scary at all. <laughs> uh, do you agree with this? Uh, do you agree with this? I. I mean, I do, but I don't... Except some of the Mothman moments. Yeah, like, I feel like this is just true of horror games near globally. There are very few games, I feel like, especially that are that are going that are that have the ambition to do the kind of game that this game is doing that feel really frightening anymore. Uh, I think it's it's just sort of us being more jaded than it is anything else. I don't know. Like, I feel like I played PT not that long ago, and it I think it's the scariest piece of media I've ever interacted with. Yeah, uh, I think Outlast is scary. Uh, preview. Um, and I think something like Amnesia is scary. We played that just last year. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil 7. Yeah, Resident Evil 7 had some scary moments. Um, I'm not saying they don't exist. Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, it just... And, and Silent Hill, too, as well. Um, we played, what, like two years ago now. Um, and I don't know, I guess maybe like my expectations were more like I wanted something a little bit more unsettling or scary like it feels like it doesn't even try yeah there are a lot of moments that where you'll just like tell a joke or have a sarcastic comment and it's like why who first of all you're talking to no one mm-hmm. <laughs> and second of all it's not like your character is set up as this happy-go-lucky character you start the game by crying about your adopted father's death yeah, uh, I'm glad that you bring that up because Marianne is something I wanted to talk about. Um, her, per- like, no offense to the voice actress, it's probably more on the voice direction part, um, especially since the developer is Polish and not, you know, from North America. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like um, Marianne's performance is pretty wooden. 
And at first I thought it, like, and this is giving the game too much credit, I think, but maybe not, I don't know. Um, I felt like, oh, is this, like, an intentional choice that, like, she's had these powers her whole life, so these, like, horrific things happen to her, and it's just, like, routine and boring and, like, stuff she's seen a million times, so she just isn't scared. Right. And like it's like supposed it's like trying to like reinforce that but making it obvious that she's just kind of like uh whatever um <laughs> but as it goes on like yeah it, it really stands out uh yeah and as you said like she'll like crack a joke mm. or like not even really a good joke but like a witticism about something or like an observation and it's like I, it just feels weird. Yeah, especially given that the crux of this game is sort of centered around. Sorry, the crux of the narrative of this game is centered around abuse in a way that like having a jokey protagonist doesn't make sense. And it's like they half understood that, where they, for the most part, Marion is pretty solemn, but then you do a video game thing and she makes a Spider-Man joke like one liner type thing and you're yeah. like like where did this come from and like what element of the, your situation provoked it and yeah. i guess they wanted her to be likable sure but it's like that's the marvel superhero movie approach but instead of getting a charismatic multi-million dollar <laughs> actor to say the line you have a you have Marianne, the character yeah. who cries at the beginning of the game and then tells a joke <laughs> While she's pursuing a child named Sadness. So what you're saying is that Chris Pratt should have voiced Marianne? If Chris Pratt could just do all video game characters <laughs> from now on, I think I'd be pretty satisfied, yeah? But yeah. We'll get that mod in the works. <laughs> I do want to, before we move on to anything a little bit heavier, uh, shout out on the narrative side again, the other half of the setting... I didn't understand Poland, but now I do. The <laughs> Taking big strides. I, I took a quick history lesson. Now I get Poland. Uh, now One I, step closer to world peace. Yeah. Uh, but the other half of it is the time. And this game is set in the 90s. And I actually really like that move for a horror game because it does away with the modern day problem. Yeah, you don't have to explain away cell phones. Yeah, or the internet or anything like that. Everyone has printouts of shit because that's... You go through files. Yeah, and... you don't just have access to it on the go anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of that stuff just like suddenly makes sense uh, and is great. It's a good idea, and I liked it. Um and on top of that, you also get the proximity to the events that led to the creation of this institute uh, a little bit more. Like if this game was set in 2020, you wouldn't have you you would have to go back a lot further to get to World War II, and so a lot of the elements of the story would be would seem further afield. Like why does this still matter? Like almost a hundred fucking years later uh but because it is in the 90s and there's like a generation that grew up with the consequences of this a lot of everyone's sort of reactions to things and like the files you're finding could realistically still be around um the the time part of it i actually really like and also the hospital setting i think ends up being cooler than i gave it credit for when i started no, yeah, it, it feels like it fits, um, and I don't know, I feel like it's maybe making me think of specific media from the 90s, but, like, 
it, it just feels like it makes sense for this kind of story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so that part I think they did do fairly well. Uh, so ca- character bad, time of character's existence liked it. <laughs> A very elegant thought. Yep. Uh, do we have uh, a final th- guy? Can't keep doing it. Um, do- <laughs> is there another element of the story? All right, I'll spoil the story now. Okay. Uh, I think that's where I'm at. Crack it wide open. Uh huh. The plot twist of this game is that the character of Thomas, who you were introduced to in flashback initially, mm-hmm. is your father. Luke and they have their own story that you've been following up until that point and then the timelines mesh together when you discover this and you start to piece things together I think that the game makes it kind of obvious um, and I'm the kind of person who specifically does not try and figure out twists before they happen Mm -hmm. because I feel like it ruins the twist when you do that, mm-hmm. um, but even I, with my willful ignorance of of the tropes that they were going for, was like, okay, like I saw it like a long time before, and I'm pretty sure that the sadness's real name is like exactly your name with a different first letter or some shit. Yeah, I can't remember. It's like Lily, maybe. Like Lillian. Lillian. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. So it's basically, yeah, it's like, why even take that extra step to make it that much more? I mean, it wouldn't be obvious if you were thinking like a rational person, Mm -hmm. because you'd say no one in their right mind would name their children Marianne and Lillian. But people do that all the time. Also true. And also, this is a video game. Uh, And so you're like, oh, this is obviously a hint that they are the same. They're one in the same family. Mm Yeah. and it, I don't know, it kind of bums me out that it was so simple, uh, even though I like the structure of the idea. Mm-hmm. It's like something that sounds good on paper, and then an execution felt kind of like it didn't, <laughs> like it didn't matter, like you knew about it already before mm-hmm. the twist happened. Yeah, there was no, like, misdirect or, like, red herring, you mm-hmm. know, like, to really make the twist feel like it hit. Right. Just lame. I don't yeah, know. no, no, I agree. Um, yeah, like, it almost feels like the idea of, like, you having, like, an estranged family should have been brought up earlier. Like, I don't know, it just feels like it just kind of happens. Like, yeah, you're right, it doesn't feel impactful. Yeah. It basically seems to serve to explain why you go to the facility in the first place. Because mm-hmm. you get a phone call from Thomas, and that's sort of the impetus for your visit. But it's like, you specifically at the beginning of the game say, like, I don't know my real family, and I treat my coroner dad Mm -hmm. as my real dad. He just is dad to me. Right. Yeah, I don't know anything about writing. (laughs) I'm just a a guy. I'm just a simple smithy. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) But I, I remember thinking it felt weird that you get a phone call from a guy named Thomas and then go to the facility and then just never meet him for like hours and hours. Like having like a ghost 
like another character show up and like claim to be Thomas and then it's like a twist that he's actually a ghost and not a real person. Right. Or like some kind of misdirect. Like I think that is an element that stands out to me that like could have been handled better to kind of like make the the twist stronger. Yeah, you have this like conversation with sadness when you arrive about wanting to find Thomas. Like, where's Thomas? I... And then it's just like, who's Thomas? Whatever. <laughs> like... <laughs> we have to go into the day room. That's what's important now. How do I get to those bolt cutters on the fucking shelf? Yeah. It's going to spend two hours trying to get to those bolt cutters. <laughs> in a in a ruined building full of just, like, crates that mm-hmm. you could climb on. Uh, I can't, I'm not, I'm legally not allowed to complain about that as a yeah, video game critic. Because... The, every single video game does it, mm-hmm. but the longer and it takes and more bored I am doing it, <laughs> the more upset I am that you don't just stack a crate and climb up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's just, I just wish the game was a little shorter and there's a little <laughs> bit dumb stuff, a little fewer dumb things in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and you spent some time with John. John, <laughs> I've just changed his name to a more standard one. John Miss. John, yes, John Miss, uh, with the jaundiced eyes. Uh, no, you spend some time with Thomas, and you get you don't get to know him. You get to know this weird facade he puts on. Uh, and then he's a a big dog, and you murder it. Uh, it's a, I don't get it. I don't think I understand why, um, Thomas has, he's also a medium Mm -hmm. and has a reflection version of him. Yeah. But the reflection version of him is like a big asshole. Yeah. He's like a weird, like murderer, man. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, yeah, he's like very uncaring. He's like the bad cop. Mm -hmm. And he talks to him. Like, it's a fundamentally different power than you have. Yeah. Because you I, I like, you're the same thing. I liked that detail. It almost, once again, kind of reminded me of Ghost Trick, <laughs> uh-huh. where the powers manifest differently in person to person. Sure. He has dog medium powers. Me, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he confronts the guy who molested um, Lily. His daughter, which or, is yeah. Lily. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have a ton to say. I, I, I got picked up on that, and mm-hmm. I'm glad they did not go into more detail. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, I don't know. Yeah, you, There's only so many ways you can say it felt like there were some pieces missing, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, because the stuff that I want to say on the abuse angle it comes more at the end. Yeah, I actually kind of liked the part where they revealed that, like where you're stuck in the wheelchair. Yes. Like the sad old man trying to like be like, oh, I didn't, you know, didn't mean it that way sort of thing. I don't know. There's something about that. I thought the presentation was good yeah. in that scene. I feel like they handled that subject matter pretty well, but that's just coming from me. So I think that in that scene, I think they do. I, yeah, I that's think, what I mean. Yeah. There's definitely a... I have like a personal belief that I think that art... Uh, should when it wants to be when appropriate when appropriate should be transgressive it should push boundaries because that's what gets people to think about it yeah it's important to raise the conversation especially in popular culture blah 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 people could like if this game handled its its themes better 
and somebody played it and they were like, oh, I never thought about that because I didn't grow up in that kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And then they become more empathetic toward people who are abuse victims. I would be all for it. I would be like, this is great. I'm glad they included it. And I'm glad they gave a good warning at the beginning about what was in it. Uh, but they don't and they didn't. <laughs> they put a warning at the beginning. Yeah, but the warning doesn't say what it's actually warning oh, you about. Sure. The warning just says, like, it's basically the fucking TVMA. Like, this might not be suitable for all audiences. It's like, well, what audiences? Because, like, if you're an abuse (laughs) victim, you can watch Dawn of the Dead. Yeah. Like, that's not going to do anything. But this game would fucking... Well, I mean, it depends on how how you take it, obviously. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I think they do a good job in that scene because it gives motivation for the characters uh, and like you said, they don't go into a ton of detail on it, which is a good call because then it becomes exploitative and weird. Mm-hmm. Just uh, uncomfortable. Yeah. I'll, I'll just jump to the end and get this out of my system. Sure, yeah, yeah. Please so, do. <laughs> then we can move on to something else. I have a big issue with the end of this game, which for the people who haven't played it, um, <laughs> you at the end of the game, you go to a dock which you saw in a dream Mm -hmm. and meet back up with the actual real life version of your younger sister, Lily twin Mm -hmm. sister. I don't fucking remember. I think she's younger than you. Okay. And she is like the, the monster that wants to kill you and wear you around the living room. Like you're a cocktail. She'd be like a bargain with it for their lives. Yeah. And it's tethered to her. So her thing was, that she tried to kill herself, but couldn't. And then the deci- it's like either the what is posed to the character at the end, not you, the player, notably, you don't actually have choice here. This is all a cutscene. Mm-hmm. Is kill Lily, which will make the monster cease to exist. Yeah. Or kill yourself which will not give him a new vessel to live in and therefore make him also cease to exist, but for different reasons. Taken literally, sure. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Um, because, like, yeah, I don't know what killing yourself would do because realistically I imagine he could just eat Lily at that point and be like, well, I'm going to die anyway. Uh-huh. So might as well fuck you and fuck him too. Uh and whatever, but that's like that's some pedantic shit that I don't really yeah. care about. Yeah, I think it's implied for it reasons not established uh, <laughs> that if Marianne killed herself, it would immediately kill the monster. Possibly, but I don't. Yeah, as I said, it's not really said. No, uh, the the problem comes is if you try to unpack their metaphor. Which, I don't know if they did. It, this could be a, it depends on how you read it situation. But it's got a lot of problems that I don't love. Uh, it was specifically the fact that Lillian tried to kill herself before and was like, I wasn't a strong enough medium is shitty. Because when people, people who have suicidal tendencies, when they attempt to kill themselves, often attribute not being able to do it as a weakness. Which you don't just don't say the word, just say anything else, uh, because it's not the right word to use, <laughs> uh, and is and it is issue laden. Um, the other problem though is just the fact that like the guy who 
who sexually abuses Lily was himself abused, which is like kind of a myth in modern medicine where people think that like the oh, people who are abused are basically destined to abuse other mm. people, which is not actually yeah. true. I think I've heard that a lot of abusers just exactly what you said mm-hmm. but i don't know how true that is yeah i like mean what percentage i don't know it's something that like used to be believed yeah. but it, it tends to be more of a self-fulfilling prophecy than anything else yeah that make that would make sense i would think but i'm also not a, a mental yeah, health yeah. scientist so so do your own research Baseless on it Baseless speculation yeah aside <laughs> but it, it it makes it seem like Lillian has been living under the shadow of this abuse and has had no way of dealing with it whatsoever. And then at the end is forced to kill herself. Well, I wasn't... It really seems like she's already dead to me. That's actually interesting. Like, she just has died. Because sadness is her, right? Yeah. And so that's a ghost, right? And then there's another side of her... So I guess it could be like she is a medium and she has a version of her exists in each part. But like I feel like her real world self mm-hmm. also seemed kind of ghostly. She's like frail and yeah. and like malnourished. Yeah. I there's a note in the game that explains that she like her version of the medium power, maybe, or this is just like a weird thing she did with magic mm-hmm. is like the uh, I'm trying. There's like a million examples of this, none of which I'm thinking of right now, <laughs> where like they split her into two different versions. Mm-hmm. It's her as a child, right, where she still has her innocence, and then her as an adult, where she's lived through all this abuse, where she is a useless garbage pile, which is not once again shouldn't portray <laughs> victims of abuse as literal skin bags. Not a great look. Uh, But that's why there are two versions of her and they're like totally separate. Yeah. Uh, And I think it's implied that Thomas has been doing similar things and he's like, yeah, there's evil Thomas and good Thomas. And that's why he talks to his and he's a murdering bastard. Right. It's a lot of like weird sort of hoops that they jump through. I just don't like how they handle the abuse part of it at the end Mm -hmm. uh, and wish that they didn't do it that way. You can shoot the monster. If you want the ambiguous ending, just like have the gunshot happen, but don't have a conversation about how they need to kill themselves. Right. I think Thomas even has this like line where he's like, remember, you can't save everyone. Like, what are you saying if you don't know this already? Like, you're just like, hey, you might have to throw your sister into a lake. Like, I, th- I think he knows that the demon's tied to her and that she might have to be killed. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't want to just come out and say it. Yeah. It has to be cryptic, so it doesn't give away the ending, Chad. <laughs> I mean, come on. Now, uh, I mean, I don't disagree. Um uh, my thing is that I feel like the scene just happens too fast, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of the, I mean, the problems may have existed anyway, even if it was longer, but, like, it feels like that end scene doesn't get any buildup. Mm-hmm. It feels like you walk to it, and then it all happens, and then it ends. Like, I don't know. It just feels, like, really rushed. There's, like, a a sequence where you're at the end of the dock, and she, like, gives you a gun. 
Uh, and the yeah, monster it, is approaching. And says, please kill me. Yeah, she's like begging for you to kill her. Yeah, to end my miserable existence, she says. Uh, and I was like, got the controller in my hand, like, let's do this next gameplay section so we can get to the end I of the game. I thought they were going to make you pull the trigger, like MGS3 style. Right, yeah. Just like, do anything mechanically, but it doesn't. You're right, it does just sort of like come on and then is over. Yeah. Uh... It's weird. It's weird. It, it seems like it's gonna have you make the choice, mm-hmm. and then you don't. Yeah. Cut to black on gunshot. <laughs> Classic trope. Yeah. Roll on snare drum. <laughs> I was gonna. It's got like the the house of a thousand corpses ending. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that was just a scene. I mean, it's been like fifteen years since I've watched that. Movie. I've never seen it. I don't think. I just said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, as if I knew what you were talking exactly. about. Exactly. Yeah. There's a famous gunshot scene in that yeah. movie. I was thinking Fade to Black on Gunshot is, like, from multiple famous movies is, like, an ending. It definitely but is. But I can't put my finger on one specifically, because I'm on the spot. Mm-hmm. Classic podcast occurrence. Yeah. Now I look like a poser. <laughs> it's like you've never even seen a movie before. I know, right? I don't know anything. Um, no, I don't, I just want to, I just wanted to go through that because I was like, I don't know, like, I wasn't real high on the game, Mm -hmm. but it feels like a game that was made with the literal interpretation of it in mind, and they didn't consider, like, going further with it. I've actually looked into it a bit, and I guess that there's some similar, like, sort of ish kind of problematic things in other blue team games, but mm. I've only ever played the yeah. one to me. It seemed good intention to maybe just a bit tone deaf. Yeah. Like it didn't seem malicious at all. That was my takeaway when I left, I was like, this game had kind of a subpar, stupid ending. Yeah. Like it, it, I've only played this and, like, some of Layers of Fear and the Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, like, 20 minutes of that. Yeah. Um, but they seem like a development studio that's made of a bunch of programmers and not really storytellers. Um, so, yeah, I feel like that's where a lot of, like, the issues come from. Yeah. It- and, like, I don't even know how true that is. And also, maybe just, some of their shit just, just reads like. better uh, in Polish. I've heard... Oh, that's also true, like, yeah. some uh, translation stuff. But mm-hmm. I've heard The Observer is their best game. That's also what I've heard. Um, and I have not played that, so I can't speak to that one. But that's... From what I've played of theirs, uh, that just kind of seems like the case to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I think that there's definitely... To me, I don't... I also agree. Like, I don't think that it was... Something that they intended to be... It it would be a weird thing to do. It seems like they're trying to tell an interesting story about these subjects to me. Yeah. And they just may have overstepped their own understanding of it. Yes. Yeah. That's my read. Yeah. I agree with that. But it does, for just for the record, very specifically, it doesn't, like, imply abuse or apply holocaust victims mm-hmm. it just says them out loud no nuance. with words yeah there's no nuance to it. it's not like it's it's lack doing anything, of nuance so. is also a good way to describe it yeah so and it, and it does pile on towards the end it sure does like yeah like uh, 
the narrative feels rushed at the end for sure, which probably adds to the issues. Yeah. So it does. It just feels like the game obviously wanted to address these issues and potentially do them in a tasteful way, um, but it doesn't say anything about them when you interpret it literally, which I think is what they want you to do. Um, it doesn't say anything about them that is like one positive or two really correct. So they end up in a weird, I mean, other than like uh, the Holocaust did happen. There is technically a contingency of people who don't think that that's true. And there were consequences to it. Yes. So, but that's it. So uh, I don't know. I think that they bit off a big amount more than they were able to do. Yeah. Over ambition on something they didn't know a ton about. Yeah. Um, or maybe I'm full of shit. Let me know in the comments. Yeah, yeah. Let us know if the Polish, uh, uh, localization or is, uh, makes more sense. Let us know if stuff was lost in translation. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to say. Yep. Now to that... an all zero of our Polish <laughs> listeners. Uh, do you now... want to talk about the music? Let's. Ooh. Or do you have other Ooh. things to talk about first? No, we covered like the whole narrative as far as I know. The, my question about the music is, what is it that you want to say about? Oh, it? it's just that um, they got um, so there's two different composers, mm-hmm. um, and one of them did all the stuff that takes place in the real world, and one of them did the music that takes place in the spirit realm, which I think is a cool way to tackle that. That is very. And cool. the person who did the music for the spirit realm is the composer for Silent Hill. Interesting. Yep. I did not know. I also did not notice <laughs> the music at all. Uh, yeah. I picked up on some of the themes. I thought they were like, they had some of that Silent Hill 2 quality. I don't know that I would have placed it without reading it later. Mm-hmm. But once it, I did, it felt like it clicked for me. Um, some of those, yeah, like interesting kind of like... They're not really... I wouldn't say they were haunting melodies. There's a quality to Silent Hill music. That's hard to pin down. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely feel like it came through in this. If you but ever... I don't fault you for not noticing it. Because um, it, it's it's only like a few spots where I feel like it shines. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. If you if you listen to this and don't ever have not believed me when I say things like, I'm not great with music, generally. <laughs> uh, I... The music from Silent Hill 2 that I remember is the one with lyrics. Really? That everyone remembers. I really remember the one track I think it plays in like you go it's like a, you go through like an arcade. It's like a very short but like it's like a great song. Mm. Anyway, continue. Yeah, no, I mean, that was it. I I don't remember music very well. There's a handful of standout tracks from that one that I like. Yeah, I just don't pick up on on stuff, especially when it isn't, like... I'm a very simple, basic (laughs) enjoyer of music. Well, yeah, you're a drummer, so you pick up on beats and stuff. Yeah, I need something that has either lyrics or is, like, the classic chipped tune sort of, like... The video game soundtrack that's focused on its melody. This ambient stuff, like, I might like it in the moment, but I'm going to lose focus on it. Yeah. See, yeah, I I definitely fall in, like, an adjacent boat, I guess, where the closer a game score is clearly trying to mimic a film score, the less I notice it. Mm. But I feel like the soundtrack of this and of Silent Hill... Uh, 
have a different quality i think that does stand out to me but i mean everybody's got their games though like jj and plenty of other people love like the fire emblem soundtrack and i'm like eh, it's fine yeah it's like objectively very good i'm sure <laughs> um but it just kind of doesn't do it for me and everybody's got that yeah or like uh someone on our discord brought up that castlevania's got like the greatest music and i feel like castlevania music is good but doesn't especially jump out at me either everybody's got their things i feel like yeah and a lot of it definitely has there's like a nostalgia value even to music that is closer to the film score orchestration sure where like if games you like i feel like if your favorite music is stuff that is from those like big epic rpgs right you're more likely to get in line for the music that's got the cellos and shit and sure. the striking music. And if you played Silent Hill 2 and it came out like we did not, it will definitely strike more of a chord. Man, that pun. Pun intended. Never been more intended <laughs> than anything. Uh, <laughs> will strike more of a chord because of it. And similarly, Castlevania probably stands out if you played. Yeah, there's some badass Castlevania music. Yeah. Yeah, and it is badass even when you listen to it and don't have the nostalgia. It just felt different at the time. Yeah. Uh, compared to everything else. For me, it's Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Sonic music is great. Yeah. I I, I have a soft spot for that chip tune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything that sounds like even Mega- vaguely like that with the bass. Yeah, like, I didn't even play that much Mega Man, but, mm-hmm. like, I fucking love the Mega Man soundtracks. Yeah, that's like one of the few elements of Mega Man that I won't ever <laughs> complain about. It's just good shit. But yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about with the music. Like, I feel like that's one thing that like I I really uh, love about this game is that they took that approach where they got two different people to score the two different worlds. That, yeah. I think that's A+. Plus. Call, another callback for no good reason to the <laughs> Xenoblade episode because they oh, had, had like four eighteen different... composers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. It is interesting, also, especially just to hear the different sort of like vibes that things go for. Mm-hmm. I say, <laughs> knowing that I didn't remember if I get anything from this game soundtrack. Yeah. Do we have? final thoughts or the spirit of final thoughts existing in the same time frame uh my coexisting thoughts are uh i did enjoy this we i mean we criticized it uh pretty much exclusively mm-hmm. um but um there aren't <laughs> games being made like this we kind of touched on that um anymore for the most part and I think it's because of the podcast we played a handful. Like we played Silent Hill two years ago, and uh, Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater, like three or four years ago, however long it's been. Uh, and you know, I, I feel like every year I kind of get an itch to play a game like this now. Like it's a it's a genre of game I found that I like. Um, so and this scratched that itch for me this year. Um, so I did I did enjoy my time with it, but I feel like most things in this game are like solid. Like, it, it has some stuff that's bad. Um, but, like, most parts are, like, I'm pretty okay with. Um, but I feel like m- pretty much everything just doesn't reach its full potential. Um, I, I think that's the game's biggest flaw for me, is that it just doesn't feel fully realized 
or fleshed out. Like maybe they overreached their budget or maybe they didn't have enough time. Who knows? Myriad of reasons. Um, trying to push AAA visuals on a non-AAA budget, I'm sure, <laughs> handicaps a lot of things. Like we brought up Hellblade earlier. Yeah. Uh, that's another game where I feel like that was probably its biggest uh, hurdle. And um, yeah, this is kind of the same. It's, I, But I really do applaud these kind of like AA efforts. Um, I, I like playing something that isn't, you know, like a Resident Evil um, in the horror genre. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this was, uh, definitely, like, a worthy, uh, entry into, like, the kind of pseudo-survival horror, psychological, whatever, um, genre. Uh, you know, kind of, I would really love something to come along that could really kind of, like, fill the void left by, like, Silent Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and like do a more like psychological slanted uh horror game uh which seemed like they maybe kind of wanted to do with this but didn't really succeed in it at least for me Mm -hmm. but yeah i did enjoy my time with it if like you were like a really big horror buff i probably would recommend checking this out if you could get it on sale at least like i think i got it 50 percent off which was pretty like like a slam dunk um but yeah, like like if you hadn't like you're a big horror fan, and if you hadn't played this and I had, I'd probably recommend it to you. Right. So, yeah, like I enjoyed my time with it. Uh, it's rough around the edges and maybe a little bit deeper than the edges, but it didn't ruin it for me. Like I did enjoy my time with this because um, I got like that soft spot for this kind of game. Yeah. Um. Hmm. I mean, I'm glad, personally, I'm glad that I made it through the minefield that was recording this entire episode um, without this coming up. But I feel pretty medium on this, uh, appropriately. You feel the medium about this? I feel the medium on this one. Um, I did. I complained a bit, and but I feel like they're, they're equal... There were equal parts of us praising the game. I think it did a lot of interesting things mechanically... And it handled a lot of its set-piece moments well. I think that it had some good puzzles um, that worked in-universe with the flavor of the game. I think that the primary weird skin suit villain is great because he's genuinely creepy and weird-looking. He's a good design. His dialogue is well-acted in terms of being an unstoppable primordial monster that chases you and destroys boxes and shit. Uh, I think was well done. The, mechanically, the game is so split down the middle that it it is it's like you took a spirit razor blade, <laughs> cut it right right down the middle, <laughs> Just cut it right in half, because it is like half things that are very cool and use its unique premise to their potential, and then half of it that is just such boring bullshit. Uh, and I, I don't know how a game even does that so well. Like, that they're just two halves of the game <laughs> such perfect alignment. Uh, it's it's really bizarre. Um, they should have called it the median of video game quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think that if you have the stomach to deal with the game's themes and do not give a shit about the narrative and just want sort of a interesting, really visually striking 
game to play to kill a 10 hour period, this is probably fine. I do also want to say that I feel like your money could be better spent in other places. Like you said, get it on. If you get it on sale, I'm not going to yell at you for it. If you don't, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'm, I'm real. uh, I'm not of a split opinion. I'm medium on this game. And what that means in video game review parlance is that I didn't really like it. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I just today, not even today, one hour prior to recording these words I'm saying, finished Resident Evil 8, which I thought was generally worse than its predecessor and thought it was so much better than this game that, like, if you haven't played it, I recommend it. And I feel like there would be a list of games like a mile long that I would say that about. So I don't know if it interests you, obviously yeah. go I feel for like you it, got but... a factor in that double a factor though. Like obviously resident evil eight is better than this, but it's charged. They're charging 60 bucks. for That's this true. Game. That's true. That's like true. you can't like, yes, I do factor it in, in the fact that like, I'm going to cut more breaks for this team uh, on my description of the game than I would over Resident Evil. Sure. But also, somebody out there paid an equal amount for both games. Sure, sure. (laughs) No, it's a totally fair point. It just felt like comparing it to Resident Evil 8 was really kicking it while it was down. Okay, that's, I guess, a bit fair. Uh, I would be... If this was a $20 game, this game would never be made as a $20 game. Oh boy, it would look so bad. I I think I paid like thirty five bucks for it, which was feels just right. All right, to me. And I'm not one to complain about video game pricing. I'm just saying that the app it's an apple and an orange, but it's like an orange flavored apple. Uh, thank you for listening to this week. <laughs> What are we talking about next time? Next time, we're continuing our month of Halloween. Our ABC family, 30 Days of Halloween. Our spooktacular. Our spooktacular. Uh, by talking about, as you foreshadowed, shadows, scary, mm. uh, Outlast, uh, which was Red Barrels, I believe is the name of the company, uh, like haunted house-ass horror game. Uh, that it uses a found footage sort of aesthetic uh, as you navigate yet another mental hospital. We have have our theme for this Halloween. It's our hallowed theme. Mm -hmm. Uh, So check that out. And until that time, you can get a hold of us. All of our contact information is on our website at noclippodcast.com or on splattershot.pro. There you can find uh, links to our email address, our Twitter, the Discord where we talk about the games, and a link to the YouTube where you can watch all of our old episodes, including our episode on Resident Evil 7, as mentioned earlier. Or Silent Hill 2. Or Silent Hill 2. Or, uh, well, we do horror games. Just, there's a playlist. Yeah, like Made in the Black Water. <laughs> mm-hmm. We we do this every year, so if you check the playlist, yeah, we're of big horror on games, we're big on Halloween games. Yeah, there will be hours and hours of things that are probably at least moderately similar to this that you can check out. 
which fucking world do you think the subscribe button's in? Use your shield to get through all the mobs which are blocking the subscribe button. The mobs represent all the dislikes. Bl- blast the... Get the spirit energy and refuel uh, the fuse box so that you can navigate your way to ring that bell. <laughs> I wish we had a clock that could go back in the spirit world to the beginning of this podcast. And I could tell them to hit that like button even earlier. Converse with sadness down in the comment section. (laughs) How do you go about being like, hey, uh, we would like a human skull, please.